everybody to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your favorite Big Ten football-specific podcast. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Oh, we are in your wheelhouse. Yes, I'm this pumped, en- man. This, this entire podcast. I maybe have, was looking forward to this more than any podcast yeah. up to this point. Kurt bounced into the downstairs athletic club. Yes. Ready to record. Bounded. Yes. Um... So what we're alluding to is this is the recruiting podcast. Yes, indeed. We might be a couple days late on this, but we wanted well, so the, the dust to settle yep. a little bit. So the early signing period was Wednesday, the 19th, finished on Friday, the The 21st. early signing day, or is best to be known as the signing day. Yeah, I think it's something like 77% of, of uh, potential players signed on the in the early signing period. There will, will be another one in February. Yeah. So what we're about to go over is most of what, is is already done but some of these classes aren't complete yet so before we get into it a little bit so the the, the outline is going to be a little bit of recruiting uh shoot uh, talk off the cuff uh kurt and i's thoughts um uh, then we'll get into the specifics of each big 10 team and just yep. try to give you a, a quick run around the uh the conference um so we've already we've already established that kurt enjoys recruiting following recruiting um a hobby of yours i would say yeah i don't really follow national but i I do like to keep my eye on the big 10 right um no pun intended now out of 100 college football following dudes Mm -hmm. uh give me the percentage of guys that love recruiting and follow it uh understand that recruiting is a thing and kind of keep abreast of it and then don't pay attention at all I would say the people that love it, it's probably 5%. Oh, you think it's that low? Yeah. I don't think there's many people that actually, like, let's say, subscribe to 24-7 or Rivals of the general population. So only 5% of people are kind of semi-losers like yourself. Yes. <laughs> Full-on, absolute, 100% losers like myself. Okay. And obsess over what 16- and 17-year-olds are thinking. You know what? That's okay. Just don't tweet at them. Don't. I tweet never at tweet them. at them, not purposely. I'll sometimes I'll forget that they're tagged, and I'll like reply to whoever posted something. I mean, it's never anything negative, but then yeah. I'm like, oh damn, right. Yeah. I I do think there are people on Twitter that think they sway a recruit's mind. If oh they, yeah, if there are some people. Things. Yeah, yeah. Nate Hobbs is one I accidentally tweeted at, who's on Illinois now. Okay. And it was a good thing. I, I watched the film and I replied to Jeremy Warner from Illini Inquirer, twenty four seven site for Illinois, and said, "What am I missing here? This guy's a two star. He's goes to a football factory. He's got an NFL body. He's the best player in the field. What, what am I missing?" And he replied back and said, "Hey, thanks. Nice, <laughs> thanks, Big Kurt. Nice like, work. Oh, you're welcome." <laughs> and he got he actually got bumped from a two star to a pretty solid high three star eventually. Okay, so five percent are recruit recruiter follower insane insane type of yeah. people the next the next is people like that i would put my percentage in that i follow it from afar i know 25 percent. okay so that leaves a hefty 70 percent of people that just don't give a crap about recruiting I, I mean you're talking about just the average college football fan i would say i'm the average college football fan no you're a much more intense college football fan than, no, 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 than no. average okay i maybe that's what i should have established more i'm talking like guys that would <laughs> listen to this podcast the whole- well, that's different then. Guys that listen to this podcast, gosh, I would say a third of them would be into recruiting. Like you. Like okay. like me, yeah. Okay. 
All right. And a third would probably be you. Okay. And a third could care less. Okay. So we're just it's just broken down to thirds. Like yeah, that. it's okay. simple. I should have done a better job of explaining what what I meant. Oh well. Yeah. I don't care about the college football fans that barely pay attention don't listen to podcasts they're worthless to me well okay okay. now that we know what we're dealing with so why do we love recruiting do you know why we love recruiting go ahead because it's about hope that's what recruiting is about if you may be a fan of a piece of crap team like illinois or rutgers but recruiting is that little hole that you're digging in the wall behind the raquel welsh poster that's going (laughs) to spring you from shawshank in a few years that's why we love recruiting. so if you're louisville who is both awful <laughs> and has a re- tor- horrible recruiting class? You're not. You're not trying to break out. You got of no Raquel Welch no nope, poster. There's out. no poster. <laughs> you're. You're. Who's the old guy that hangs himself by the end of the, the movie? Birdman? <laughs> what? No, in in Shawshank. Yeah, isn't it the, the Birdman right? The guy with has the bird for the pet. Oh, yeah. isn't it him? Yeah. Okay. Um, what was his name? I don't remember his name. Oh God! Anybody? But he finally gets right sprung, now. and he, yeah. he he doesn't like it outside. Brooks. Brooks was here. There you go, Brooks. Yeah, that's what yeah. he scratched. Okay. Um. Um. So recruiting. Okay. The, what Kurt explained to me over a year ago, I would say, before yeah. we 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 actually got going with the Eyes on Big podcast, when we were just talking about getting the Eyes on Big podcast going, and uh, you explained to me essentially. Mm-hmm what the recruiting rankings and stars and everything is. Yeah. I felt like I learned something when you told me that. So take it away. Give okay. me, give us the crib notes version. Well, for starters, there are three main recruiting services. Those are ESPN 24 seven sports and rivals. Those are the three that everyone refers to. Now the two more respected are 24 seven and rivals. ESPN just doesn't put a lot of effort into it, but they are factored into what's called the composite rankings. All the rankings we're talking about today are from 24-7's composite rankings. So what they do at 24-7 is they have their own rankings, but they compile them together with rivals and ESPN, and they're all equally weighted. So they come up with a final, basically an average of those three, essentially. So it's like a credit score. It's like a credit score, yeah. that's That's a good analogy. Okay. Okay, so each individual player in the composite is rated from 0 to 1.000, okay? Somewhere in that in that scale and all the ones we're 1. talking 1.000 is a generational recruit so that that's the high end obviously the zero is the low end um most of the one well pretty much everyone we'll be talking about today is in the 0.8 or higher okay so there's so then they also assign a star rating okay to make it kind of simpler for just the average well, fan yeah, to understand most people, yeah. so five stars the highest there's about 35 stars in any given class. So those are like 0.97 up to one are the five stars. The four stars is about 300 in a class, and they, they, it's around 0.89 to 0.97. You don't really need to know the numbers. And then there's 1,003 stars approximately. The rest are two stars. There's no such thing as a one star. Okay. Now. And there are high three stars and low three stars the three star to me is strange they should break it up into they should use one stars i think because there's just too many three stars a low three star compared to a high three star is a totally different athlete however would you say a high three star is going to a power five team and a low three star maybe not yeah low three like point eight three and down are like mac players typically like that point point eight three is about the cutoff for a Big Ten guy. Okay. Sometimes they'll you know reach and take a guy that's a point seven nine or something. But yeah, essentially point eight three ish is about the cutoff. So 
not many people would be talking about today is or below 0.83. You, you know what I'm thinking? Just off off the side here, comment. They should just use Madden ratings. Everybody knows a Madden rating. Yeah, that's true. You, you, you never I mean, see anybody less than like a 40. Except there are freaks like Big Kurt who never played Madden. Oh, that is crazy. Right. Right. Okay. So anyway, so they give it a rating to each individual player, and then you average that for an entire class. Now, qu- quality matters, but quantity matters as well. And that's the part that I'll, I'll just admit, I did not know that a year, year and a half ago, whenever mm-hmm. it was when we were talking about it, signing in – in practice, in theory, you could have one team sign 20 players mm-hmm. and they all average exactly three stars. Right. And another team sign 23 players and they all average exactly three stars. The team that has the 23 players will be ranked higher. Correct. Although it's not – they don't take the, the ranking and multiply it by the number of recruits to get a total. It's, it's actually – it's kind of a sliding scale. So volume does matter. But it's not like you're not going to get a, a team that recruits 25 three-stars ranked higher than a team that re- recruits, say, 12 five-stars. Okay. It doesn't work that way. There's, okay. it, there's a sliding scale there. Okay. So you do get bonus points per volume. And, of course, you can only have 85 scholarships. So some teams can't sign a full 25 class. And 25 is the maximum you can sign in a class. Okay. A uh, little bit more. Did you know this? Here, I'm going to teach you one more thing. Did you know that these rankings not only project what a kid is going to do in college, but they also are trying trying to project to the pros? What? Yes. In what capacity? Well, for instance, let's say there's an amazing quarterback, and he's only 5'11". He's not going to be a five-star. Like, Kyler Murray was an exception. He was a five-star, but they only gave him a five-star because you just could not deny the absolute talent that was there. I think wow. he's probably the only guy under six feet at quarterback that's ever been a five-star. I, I did not know that. Yeah. This is my shock face. Fun fact to know and tell. Yeah. Okay, so um, another. Okay, couple, couple more things. Transfers are not included in any of this. Yep. This is only high school and JUCO people. JUCOs are, are in, included, though. Uh, any questions? Does that pretty much summarize it, you think? Um, yeah, no, that's good. One thing that... I always find interesting. One more thing before you go there. this The ratings we're going to go over include commits, not just signees. So there are some guys that didn't sign yet. They're committed to a school, didn't sign, but they are included in the rankings. Okay. Um, something that I find interesting is just like the uh, uh, college football playoff selection committee, uh, just like any political forum, any anything involving humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are biases and preconceived notions that get affected. Sure. Um, what I've found that's awful sketchy and annoying is how a guy can be a high three star mm-hmm. and then he gets an offer from Ohio State sure. or Alabama. Shockingly, he's suddenly a medium ring yeah. four star after that. That happens all the time. Now it, it happens for all programs. For instance, I just I follow Illinois, so I'll give you some examples. Well, I, I mentioned Nate Hobbs. He was a two-star. A lot of times when a low-ranked guy gets an offer from a Power 5 team, like an honest-to-God offer, they'll 24-7 will go back and reevaluate and, and re-rate the person. And they'll say, okay, well, we messed up. We're going to move this guy's ranking higher. So it, it happens to all teams. So by that rationale, Alabama could walk through and just – offer a bunch of three stars 
magically their class would suddenly take a... It absolutely would, yeah. Because they would all get bumped up. Absolutely. Stars, almost There's all. no doubt. Okay. Yeah. Don't, isn't that a... Is that a biased BS flaw? Well, and the other thing is, right when a guy commits to a lower level program, he usually gets bumped down. Like a high, a really highly rated guy commits to. I'll give you two examples. We'll go over it, but Illinois' two highest rated guys once once they committed got bumped down. That's insane. Yeah, that's stupid to me. That actually, so obviously I'm viewing this through my black and cold black and gold colored glasses mm-hmm. for recruiting. Um, Iowa's classes. They've they've been they've just they've took a couple steps up each year, so they've been a little bit better. But they're always about the same. We never have horrible classes. No. We very rarely have very very high classes. It's hard for me to get too jazzed up. Like mm-hmm. there's a couple guys that you just you got your eye out sure. on. I think that I, I would say a, a Iowa fan level mm-hmm. deal would would just basically not make you the the most savvy recruiting person in the world. I would think on the other side, I wouldn't get that much into it if I was in Ohio State or Alabama. No. Because you're, why do you care? It's going to be an amazing class. You're always going to get a great class. Just wait till you get to know the guys when they're on campus and they, st- they start yeah. playing at that it, point. It doesn't matter. They're never yeah. going to have bad classes. Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there are biases. There's also like regional biases. You know, guys from the southeast are going to be just naturally ranked a little higher than guys from the Midwest and in Northeast. It is Northwest. your take on that? The ESPN SEC bias filtering through. Well, again, so ESPN ESPN rankings they're going to be the most biased. Obviously, twenty four seven and rivals are going to be a lot better in that sense. Um. There's a couple guys that you know listen to podcasts and whatnot. It sure seems like, just like a lot of the college football publications, a lot of the college football recruiting publications are—they're almost all based out of Nashville or yeah. somewhere. They're—they're they're in the South. Well, except it used to be in Chicago. Tom Lemming. Tom Lemming. Yeah, yeah. our guy Tom Lemming, who I who I got interviewed by yeah. uh, many moons ago. But maybe we'll talk. So about speaking that of, who was posting those those Hawkeye recruiting rankings? Oh yeah, B- playing sick days. Yeah. yeah so okay. Yeah. Kept going back. For, but he he mentioned number twenty five safety. Yeah, that so that was, was me. Like in the country, ranked twenty five. I can't believe that. <laughs> you know what I think it was? I think it was maybe maybe it was upper Midwest. Yeah, I honestly okay. do. I yeah. honestly do not know. I okay. don't remember. I, I was impressed. Yeah, Way to go, yeah. Greek. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the slob you sitting across from the table. <laughs> you shocked that I used to actually be a plausible athlete. Okay, so so I think I hit all my points about recruiting. Uh, as long as we're feeling good. You want to no. move on? Let's just get right into the Big Ten teams, right? Okay. We're just going to go through the – I'm the... going to go through alphabetically. Perfect. And then at the end, we'll just kind of do a little short summary. I like it. So, Illinois, number one in the alphabet, believe it or not, in the Big Ten. All goes all the way down to Illinois. It's nice. It's number nice one somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How about it? All right. Uh, so, looking at this class here, um, so – I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to Jeremy Warner, Line Inquirer. He's the 24/7 guy for the Illinois uh, 24/7 site. And um, we're gonna are we gonna do for each team? Is it a star, a hidden gem, or how how are you going about this? Um, I'm just so I'm gonna uh, basically highlight the gems of the class, okay. and then give maybe one or two other tidbits. Great, great. All right, but let's go down the ranking. Now, so they only have 11 commits. All of them have signed. They only have 15, 16 scholarships to give. They're not done with their class, but right now they're ranked 66 nationally, 13th in the Big Ten, but their average star ranking is 7th in the Big Ten. Wow. How about that? So the not-so-savvy 
Illinois recruiting people will see the oh. class rank and they're going to get mad, but the fact of the matter is they've only got 11 commits. If you read Twitter on Wednesday, you'd have seen many okay. upset Illini fans. Yeah. And Jeremy talking them down off of a ledge and telling and them Bicker this is a was very too. good class. Okay, so this is their best average star ranking ever, ever. in the rankings era, starting in 2002-ish. Uh, they're also hoping to sign a four-star linebacker. So, again, they're not done with this class. He's com- committing uh, during the Under Armour game on January 3rd. So they have two four-stars in this class, and they are also talking to three transfers right now, which, did you hear the news tonight? Jeff Thomas, does that name? Yes. The, he's, he's transferring to Illinois, the though. The mercurial receiver from Illinois that went down he's to Miami. St. Louis, Illinois, went out. to Miami. Uh, leading receiver this year, but he is transferring and trying to be immediately eligible next year. He does not factor into the rankings, of course. Okay. So at the top of the class here, we got Marquez Beeson. He's an athlete. He'll be playing cornerback. He's out of Duncanville, Texas. This is the one that Mike Farrell at Rivals, he's the number one recruiting guy at Rivals. When he committed to Illinois, Mike wrote an article titled, Will It Stick? Yep, I remember All he how. cared about was, is he going to go to Illinois or will he decommit? Well, guess what, Mike? It stuck. Good Next. for you. Hey, hey, good for you, man. Oh, thank you. For real. I, I remember you. how ticked off you were and you read that. And article. I'm not. And I, by the way, Mike, for, he just he just sounds like a. He's a I, zero. Ah, man, he, it just sounds like he hates the world every every time he, he talks. Yeah. And it's not that he does any evaluations or anything. All he does is comment on on recruits. He doesn't do any real work. He just sits in his basement and, you know, he's been at Rivals forever. So he just kept being the biggest guy at Rivals. Not that there's anything wrong with uh, doing business out of the basement. Oh, good point. <laughs> We're here in the downstairs athletic club. Okay, then moving on, Isaiah Williams, Juice 2.0, four-star quarterback. Um, this guy's built in the Kyler Murray mode. I'm not saying he is as good as, as Kyler Murray, but short guy, really, really quick, electric with the ball in his hand. Um, sleeper, I think, in this in this class here, a guy named Kyron Cumbie. Remember that name? He's out of Plano, Texas. Runs a 10-3-8 in the 100. Yeesh. Ooh. So, again, 11 commits uh, still working on this class. They do hope to get a couple probably late commits uh, out of high school and then hopefully the transfers. All right, moving on to Indiana. National ranking is 39. Wow. Big Ten ranking 10. Their average star ranking is 10th in the Big Ten. They have 19 commits, all 19 of them signed on Wednesday. Now, this also, of course, does not include. So they're done. Uh, well, they, I don't know if they have scholarships open. I mean, the 25 is the max you can sign. They signed 19. They pro- I'm guessing they probably don't have many more scholarships open. But there are still guys out there that will sign in February. So, of course, that does not include Jack Tuttle, who just transferred from Utah, the four-star quarterback. Yeah. You see that? Wasn't that crazy? Yeah, that's uh... – I thought they were going with the the man Penix. Yeah, you know, Penix. Forward, but, yeah. And you got Peyton Ramsey starting. Oh, yeah. So three four-stars in this class. I'm sure. I don't know this. I never read this, but I'm sure this is the highest class that Indiana's ever signed. I think I I actually did read that. Okay. And I, or maybe it was the the highest amount of four-stars that they've signed. Either way, it's it, it I'm sure well. it's that as well. So speaking of four-stars, and by the way, Mike Hart is the, the former Michigan running back. He's the best recruiter at Indiana. He is killing it right now. We mentioned Sam, uh, Samson James in an earlier podcast. This is a four-star running back, the highest-rated recruit Indiana's ever signed. He was visiting Ohio State. He was committed to Ohio State when Indiana played in Columbus. He left the game that day, decommitted, and flipped to Indiana. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 
So he's he's their gem. Now, our buddy Alex Davis, who's on Twitter at HoosierAl111, uh, asked him, he's kind of my insider for Indiana, I asked him, who do, who's your sleeper pick in this class? And he gave me Juan Harris, a 6'3", 360-pound defensive tackle. Does that name sound familiar? Yes. He was committed to Iowa. Yes. Flipped to Indiana, but had that guy great has pro- flip-flop more than a than a, bad than a politician, pancake, man. Yeah. So he flipped to IU. He signed with IU initially, but something was wrong with his grades. He went to JUCO. Now he's back at IU. Okay. Alex Davis loves him. So watch out for him. Um, moving on to Iowa. Iowa Hawkeyes. Where are they at nationally? Ranked 39. Not too bad. So 38 or Indiana was 39. So I think Iowa's 38. Unless they're tied. Yeah, maybe they're tied. Okay. Well, I think they're one spot. No, Indiana. so Iowa is slightly ahead. So maybe Indiana's forty. Okay, Iowa thirty ninth in the country, in the Big Ten ninth. Their average star ranking ranks them ninth in the conference as well. Twenty commits, all twenty signed. They have three four stars in this class. Again, Iowa brings in their highest class in the rankings era. Yep, you seen a trend here? Yeah, the last five year trend. As far as uh, have consistently moved up, there's a very small uh, amount of teams that can say they've done that, and Iowa's one of them. But I'm saying overall in the Big Ten, we're seeing a trend. The Big Ten is recruiting better than they have in a long time. For sure. So, of course, the the gem of this class is Ezra Miller. Sound familiar? Yep. Ridgeview, Ridgeview High School, Holstein, Iowa. Can you imagine there's a town named Holstein in Iowa? How about that? <laughs> and producing a, a big... He, yeah, and he's an moment. offensive tackle. So the uh, the rumors around him is that he got penalized in school, or in, excuse me, penalized on the football field a lot, essentially okay. for just blocking people too hard. Really, that's literally <laughs> what what basically the the rumors are. Well, he'll him. fit in well with the college game where it's illegal to hit too hard. <laughs> uh, ne- another four star here, linebacker Justin Jacobs out of Ohio, which was uh, Ohio State came after him hard late and was not able to flip him yeah that was the only one i was kind of refreshing twitter wondering if i was going to see the last couple weeks was was ohio state going to going to flip him over so Mm -hmm. tons of iowa fans very very happy to see him stick yeah huge recruit for them i personally like josiah miyamin the the tight end in this class from dunlap illinois i don't know if you'd call him a sleeper he's a a mid-level pretty solid three-star anybody you like in the class as a sleeper yeah i think uh Typically, when you ask an Iowa fan, the sleeper that they're going to pull out is going to be a guy from the state of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, no surprise, uh, Jack Campbell, uh, linebacker, Cedar Falls. Cedar Falls is kind of a powerhouse okay. for Iowa football. Um, he is not a highly rated guy because he just did not get involved with a lot of the recruiting uh, um, services or go camps. to camps. Go to camps or, yeah. He just... He just played football and, and ball, and it's important to go to camps if you want, and you he, know, if you want to get noticed. And he just, from what I can understand, he just couldn't care less. Um, but long story short, anybody that saw the guy play mm-hmm. in person, everybody ran rave about how he just exploded off the field. So that's so his rating is point eight four nine eight, which is a pretty solid middle of the road three star. Okay, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, well, I'm. So I'm just guessing a linebacker at Iowa's probably going to work out okay. He'll probably wind up playing a little bit higher than his probably rating. Yep. Okay, moving right on to Maryland. Unfortunately for Maryland, the, the program is kind of a dumpster fire right now with the whole DJ Durkin thing. So Mike Loxley takes over. 
But I can tell you from firsthand experience, this guy is an ace recruiter. But even the ace of ace recruiters, Correct. he was too far behind the eight ball. It, yeah, it's just case. too far behind. They they have this 11. This is the case where <laughs> the early signing uh, period just murders a program for But a you know what? What happened last year? So this is only the second year of the early signing period. What happened last year is some guys looked around at the end of it really nice, highly ranked guys, and they didn't have very good offers. So they ended up going places that they, you know, wouldn't have probably gone otherwise. So he could end up doing okay here. Let's not count him out yet. 11 commits, only six of them signed on Wednesday. Nationally, they're ranked 82nd in the Big Ten, dead last. Average star ranking 13th. Uh, They have one four-star player. Uh, Getting back to Mike Loxley, though, Maryland is his stomping grounds. He used to be at Illinois. You know, was, he was under Ron Zook. Ron Zook was known as a great recruiter. He was a great recruiter because of Loxley yep. more than anything. Right. People don't realize that. Lox left. Zook's recruiting immediately went downhill, and we know how that ended. So the their, their four-star is Isaiah Hazel. He's from Dr. Henry Wise High School in wow. Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Sounds like a Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes how about it? villain or something like that. So he's a West Virginia flip. Locks came on and flipped him right away from West Virginia. Locks had been recruiting him for two years at Alabama. So he, he had the relationship established there. And once he got the job, was able to flip him. Uh, Mike Tomlin's son was one of the signees, Dino Tomlin. Really? Yeah. Interesting. How about that? So they got some work to do here. Five commits that they, they got to get down on paper in the February period and a number of additional um, commits I'm sure we'll see. So you could say right now the Maryland recruiting is is moving at a – terrapin whoa yikes that that's that was pretty rough (laughs) this is all i got to add to this podcast man just give me my shots when i can take okay moving on to sparty the spartans are sitting nationally at 28th good class here big 10 they're number seven average star ranking has them sixth in the big 10 they have 19 commits 18 of them signed they have one five star one four star and a bunch of really good three stars so they're two, they're two highest-ranked guys, the five- and four-star. Devontae Dobbs from Belleville, Michigan. He is an offensive guard, fitting for, for Sparty, you know, not flashy. And a cornerback named Julian Barnett, also from Belleville, Michigan. Wow. How about that? Belleville. So another, Something you, in the water. you know, another just solid uh, recruiting class for Sparty. They're not going anywhere. One I did want to point out, Peyton Thorne, late flip from western michigan he's this is my sleeper pick watch out for peyton thorne from naperville central high school in naperville illinois okay moving on to michigan all right so i know i know enough about this one there was one guy that flip flop flip flop we're gonna talk about him so how have you heard much about michigan overall about their class overall uh highest rated class in the big 10 correct eighth in the country first in the big 10 they are only third in average star ranking though they have 27 commits in this class, 25 of them signed. Of course, you, you, can't, you can only sign 25, so the other two, I'm assuming gray shirt or blue shirt. I'm not sure what's going on with those guys. Really? Yeah. Are, th- are there that many guys graduating and moving on from Michigan? That just seems like a ton. You, it is weird. Especially because like, Harbaugh's, it's, it's his, what, fourth recruiting cycle or even fifth? It so might even be fifth. Yeah. And – you know, we'll get to Minnesota, but there's the same way. Every year they sign 25 guys. How yeah. are they doing this? Yeah. Where are these guys going? I don't remember that many guys, like, leaving or 
leaving the program from either Michigan or Minnesota. But anyway, 25 commits. Yes, Daxton Hill is the five-star safety. He flipped. He was committed to khaki pants. He flipped the day before National Signing Day to Alabama. Then the morning of Signing Day, signed with Michigan anyway. That's not a good sign. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, and by the way, that kind of stuff really only happens with the four- and five-star guys. There is so much less drama as you get down into the three-star. This is not a fun world to live in, I imagine, if you're a coach. And let's, you know, I mean, let's be honest here. These are 17- or 18-year-old kids that are very susceptible to their heads exploding sure. into in, or, or growing into mammoth sizes for all the people around them right. telling them this stuff. The coaches are just feeding into it even more a lot of the times. I'm not saying every coach, every coaching staff recruits sure. like that, but anyways. Well, so Daxton from Booker T. Washington High School, Tulsa, Oklahoma. He is the eighth overall prospect in the entire country. Michigan signs only one five-star, but 14 four-stars. That's insane. Mercy. Okay, moving on to the Gophers. I'm going to give a shout-out to Gopher Illustrated. Ryan Burns runs that site, has some great podcasts. If you're a Gopher fan, give him a listen. Nationally, the Gophers finish 34th in the country. Uh, again, not finished. We're not done yet, but they're sitting at 34th. Eighth in the Big Ten, but 12th in average star ranking in the Big Ten. They have 24 commits, 23 of them signed. That's important because one of their commits is a four-star defensive tackle. Christian Williams from Southwind High School in Memphis, Tennessee, did not sign. He's committed to the Gophers still, from what I can tell, but he has not signed yet. Is it Under Armour hat national TV thing? Or? He might be committing at a later date. I don't know. Or, Well, he's already committed. I don't know. I, yep. I don't know why he didn't sign it. And I looked for any information, couldn't find it. But they do have another four-star defensive tackle, Rashad Cheney from Cedar Grove High School in Ellenwood, Georgia. He did sign. Another guy, I'm going to bring this guy up for two reasons. Tyler Newbin is his name from St. Charles North High School in Illinois. He's a borderline three-slash-four-star defensive back. He's listed as a corner. I believe they're going to move him to safety because the knock on him is he doesn't have the hips to play corner. But St. Charles, Big Kurt played St. Charles in high school okay. in the playoffs. All right. I had an interception to end the game. I basically won the game with an interception. Yeah, baby. Worst game of my life, though, but I saved myself by, with that interception. That's all I anybody was, remembers. I was dog crap until that interception. Had you to bring totally that up. totally redeemed yourself. <laughs> yeah, I totally redeemed myself. Um, but St. Charles is P.J. Flex old stomping ground. He went to Caneland High School, which is right down the road. So um, good overall class here by P.J. They got, the, they got two four-stars, and then Tyler Newbin really close to a four-star. Again, that's a composite ranking. I believe Rivals has Tyler Newbin as a four-star. Um, yeah, so that's the that's the Minnesota class right there. Really good job again by PJ. See, but again, look at that. 24 commits. Yeah. Every year. Yeah. Some, uh, where at are some these point guys going? Fill up, right? All right, moving on to Nebraska. Another good recruiting class for Nebraska. They've been recruiting well. They just haven't been you know, getting the results on the field. Nationally, they're 24th. In the Big Ten, they're 4th. But there's a big drop-off between the third and fourth team, the Big Ten. So basically, we're going to get to it, but Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan are the top three. Significant drop-off to the Huskers, who are fourth in average star ranking as well. They have 25 commits, 23 of those signed. They have six four-star recruits in this class. Um, so the headliner here, 
Nick Henrik from Burke High School, Omaha, Nebraska, an inside linebacker. Really nice four-star kid. Uh, Wandale Robinson. Have you heard of this guy? Yeah. Wandale is the next Rondale. He's yep. built just like Rondale Almost Moore. Like the exact same. And yeah, they do. A, he was a flip-flopper, too. He's a flip-flopper. He, he committed to Kentucky and then flipped back to uh, – Well, he's rumored, rumored with Nebraska, but he committed to Kentucky. Yeah, he, he never committed to Nebraska. He, he, he was deciding between the two – Commits to Kentucky got a lot of crap on the tweeters for that. I he got destroyed yes, he by did. Nebraska fans on Twitter when he when he committed to Kentucky. The the thing that just constantly got thrown out there was who's your bag man, right. how much money are you getting paid, blah blah blah. Yep. He got chippy with Nebraska fans and said, "Did he get chippy? Oh yeah, I didn't even see that." And, and there was a lot of I mean, tons of Kentucky fans going back to and saying, you know. Right. He's a good kid. He his it's not like he needs the money, whatever. Things go silent for a couple of weeks. Then all of a sudden decommits from Kentucky and yeah. switches his commitment to Nebraska. To Nebraska. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. I just a little awkward, right? Uh, and then Kentucky fans do the exact same thing. Then they tweeted at Rondale Moore and we're calling him a loser and we didn't watch you anyway. <laughs> and he's from Frankfort, Kentucky, which is close to Louisville, I believe. So uh Rondale Moore from yep. Louisville. Yep. Uh Here's an interesting one from our backyard, Bryce Benhart from Lakeville North High School in Lakeville, Minnesota. Big old lineman, right? He is a offensive tackle. He's 6'8", 305. So another great class for the Cornhuskers. Can I I ask you this as far as um, I I don't have to follow Nebraska recruiting because I just follow two Nebraska people on Twitter. (laughs) That's all you need. And I get plenty of Nebraska info beamed into my brain, whether I like it or not. Um, Last recruiting cycle, you know, it's kind of what Loxley's got put in this year. I mean, you get in too late. It's just tough to get too much done. Uh, This time around, Frost had plenty of time to work on it. This is a good class, yeah. but for how I am told that Scott Frost is, you know, walking on on GBR water, is it the a demigod. little bit underwhelming for what you? Because right now you are the well, new, you're the new hot chick in yeah. school. They're number one in the West in in both uh, total ranking and average star ranking. Number one in the West. So, but that's nothing new. They've been doing that and just haven't been performing. Uh, this is a really solid class. It's not a class no, you're no, going to... No, don't get me wrong. It's a good class. You're, I mean, okay, and one class is not going to change your program. you got to stack up three, four classes to change your program. This is a kind of program or kind of recruiting class. You, you probably... I mean, you can win the Big Ten with this recruiting class, but it, it's tough to compete with the Penn States and Ohio States. Um, you're not going to win a national championship recruiting like this. you got to recruit a lot well, better to do that. That's... Okay, it, it obviously it's going to be much tougher. I mean, there's a lot of stats that are put out there about how there hasn't been a national championship won by a team that doesn't have, I think it's like at least six, four, five stars on it or something goofy like that. Yeah, I saw something recently where the average ranking of the last five classes, if you take the five previous classes of all the champions, it's like two and a half. They're all, well, they're all in the top five. Yeah. I right. mean, you, that's how that's where you have to recruit to win a national championship. So I guess what I'm saying, I mean, this is just kind of a side note, but it, it doesn't necessarily reflect on Nebraska. But I think it's fair to say that there is a much bigger jump in overall talent for a class that's ranked 12th to 22nd than there is a class ranked 22nd to 32nd. Is oh, that yeah. Fair? Oh, that's very fair. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I agree with that. 
Okay, moving on to the Northwestern Wildcats. Nationally, so pretty good class here. Nationally, they're ranked 46th. In the Big Ten, they're ranked 11th. Average star ranking of the Big Ten, also 11th. They, now, this is a team that doesn't normally have big recruiting classes. You rarely see Northwestern sign 25 because they have very little attrition. So they have 18 commits here. All 18 of them did sign. So I'm, I'm guessing they're probably done with their class. I don't know if they have any more scholarships to offer. They have no four stars, but they have no low three stars either. They get they have a really nice core of solid three-star players here. I like this class. The headliner, Bryce Kurtz, he's a wide receiver. This is a position of need for them, right? From Brownsburg, Indiana, same high school as Hunter Johnson, the quarterback that transferred from Clemson. He was a five-star quarterback. Sure. Yeah. So there's a relationship there. Um, I'm just going to go – uh, out on a limb and say that Northwestern's class will wind up being intelligent football players <laughs> that will be well positioned on the field and make smart plays. So hold that thought for a second. A uh, couple more receivers. They got two six four plus receivers. One of them, Genson Hooper Price from St. John's in Houston, Texas. So they got three really solid receivers in this class, which good idea. I mean that that really was a weakness of their team. Um, one guy I really like here, Duke Olgus. Fits perfectly into that Northwestern mold from New Trier High School in Winnetka, Illinois. If you know anything about it, it's, it's the best public school in Illinois, and it's right down the road from Northwestern. This is a, a really nice three-star guy. He's rated .8635, and this guy's just going to be a stud, I think, in, in the next few years. All right, moving on to Ohio State. Oh, maybe there's hope for the rest of the Big Ten. Ohio State only finished 12th nationally. They only finished third in the Big Ten. Oh, damn it. They're number one in average star rating. They only have 16 commits. They didn't have a lot of scholarships to give. 15 of them signed. Of them signed. This is an amazing class. They have uh, three five-star players. They have nine four-star players. And what I had heard a uh, national um, um, sportscaster talk about when he was talking about recruiting – and, uh, of course, because they pretty much only talk about the Blue Bloods when you listen to those shows. Only. And uh, what he said is that Ryan Day did nothing to hurt or help. Glad the, you brought that up. The class, uh, it had it had got stunted by the Urban Meyer goofiness that's been going yeah. on pretty much all year. I think a lot of people were sniffing out that maybe Urban wasn't going to be around long term. So it just kind of... It just kind of it held the class back from being its typical top five class, and well, again, they're they're number one in the Big Ten in average star ranking, right? So it's not like we're we're scraping the barrel here by any no, means. No. But typically, they're going to add six or seven more four star recruits and maybe one more five star in the class. Well, speaking of Ryan Day, they're the gem of this class is Zach Harrison. He's from Olentangy Orange High School hmm. in Lewis Center, Ohio. He's the number four overall recruit in the country, strong side defensive end. And a lot of people believe – so he committed on signing day, and a lot of people believe that was because of Ryan Day. So he certainly didn't hurt him. Did something. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not going to bother going through everyone else. They're all good. <laughs> You'll know their names someday. <laughs> all right, moving on to Penn State. Wow, this is another really good class. Nationally ranked 20 – or sorry, 10th. In the Big Ten, second overall, also second in average star ranking. Only 18 commits. I mean, that, that's incredible. All 18 signed. They have one five-star. They have 16 four-star players. Wow. 
I mean, wow. every one of these guys is an absolute blue chipper. One guy is a three-star. Whoopie, he'll probably turn out to be the next Trace McSorley. <laughs> Speaking of Trace McSorley, they signed two four-star quarterbacks. Okay. So we need to remember these names, Michael Johnson Jr. and Taquan Roberson. Okay? Michael Johnson is from Eugene, Oregon, stolen from the Ducks, and Taquan is from Wayne, New Jersey. So we got to make a bet. Who transfers first? Which one of these quarterbacks? They're both dual threat guys. I'm going to say Taekwon's going to You're going to Taekwon? Okay, yeah. then I'll take Michael Johnson. All right. We got to we'll, remember we'll, that. We'll put a, a 10 spot on that. Yeah. All right. So I, safe to say they're going to be. Years. It'll probably be 18 months. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Year, year and a half. Uh, the, the gem here, the five star Brandon Smith from Louisa County in Mineral, Virginia. This guy's a linebacker, inside linebacker, 25th overall rated guy in the country. Can you imagine him and Micah Parsons in. Next, next to each other. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Watch out. Okay, moving on. Purdue Boilermakers. Wow. Great class here. Nationally 25th in the Big Ten, 5th. Average star ranking, 8th in the Big Ten. 25 commits, 25 of them signed. They have zero five stars, but four four-star players. This, I didn't see this in print either, but I'm sure is Purdue's best class. Um, I, I know it was... I, I thought I saw it was the best class since, like, I, or maybe it was the first time they've been ranked in the top 30 since, like, it's, 2002 or something like that. It, it's, I mean, in 2002, was, that's the infancy of, of, like, the today's recruiting. That's, okay. like, that's kind of the demarcation line. 2002 is, is seen as the first year of the re- recruiting era, you know, the modern recruiting rankings era. So their, their gem here is George Karlaftis. You heard this guy? Strong side defensive end from West Lafayette, Indiana. Mm. How about that? Not many five stars or, or high four stars come out of West Lafayette. Uh, guess what? They got a four-star receiver, Milton Wright, to to team up with Rondell Moore. That's going to be scary. Boy, I tell you, I mean, you that's so, that's a, a big hammer to bring to the table when you're Brome. Oof. The fact that you took the the one gem in the class. I think he was a high four-star. Yeah, four-star. And you made him a first team ball player, yeah. kid. I mean, yeah. hey, come to Purdue. I know how to get you the ball. You made him basically the scariest guy in the country almost. So they only got two commits from Indiana. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And they're they're recruiting nationally, and I guess Did that's they get into Brome's area of the country at all. Well, yeah. Okay. So Milton Wright is from Louisville. Okay. Um, same, you know, just like Rondale Moore. Um, but yeah, that that Jeff Brown media juggernaut is not hurting him at all not in at recruiting. All. That's not helping him quite a bit. And another thing that I really like about this class is there's just not many reaches here. There's really not any. I mean, other three stars are really solid players. There's a couple that are maybe reaches here. So great job by Jeff Brown. I don't think they're going to be slipping anytime soon. Moving on to the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Nationally ranked, well, no, that's okay. Yeah. Nationally ranked 60th, not bad, not terrible. Big 10 ranked 12th. Average star rating, 14th. They're dead yeah. last in the Big 10 in average star rating. No four stars, no five stars. They have 17 commits overall. 16 of those guys signed. And what was one thing you could say about Rutgers this last year is they had good running backs, right? Yeah. Okay, well, that's that's not going to end anytime soon. They're two highest-ranked guys. These guys are both on the edge of four-star. Aaron Young is from Coatesville, Pennsylvania, and Karon Adams is from Warren G. Harding High School in Warren, Ohio. So the beat goes on with uh, 
Rutgers running backs, they did also recruit a guy named Anton Oskarsson from Sweden. Nice. Yeah, how about that? Big Swede. Why not? Yeah. Give it a shot. For sure. All right. Let's move on to the Badgers, nationally ranked 27th. So the Badgers normally live in that that area where Iowa does, in the 30s, like mid-30s. That's typically where they recruit in. Getting a little better. Ranked 27th, 6th in the Big Ten. Average star rating, 5th in the Big Ten. 19 commits overall. All 19 of, of them signed. One five-star player, two four-star players. Really good class by by Wisconsin here. Ironically, with a not-so-great season. Yeah. So their their five-star is Logan Brown from East Kentwood in Michigan. Wow. So usually they take two- and three-star guys and turn them into NFL offensive linemen. This This guy's a tackle. Offensive tackle. 17th-ranked player in the country. 6'6", 285. Mercy. Imagine what they're going to do with a five-star. And I got to think part of the reason why Wisconsin's classes usually are in the 30th, 30 range, maybe uh, with this one being the 27 range, is kind of back to what we talked about before. Probably a lot of big, strong offensive linemen that they pull out of Wisconsin also don't get that big into the recruiting yeah. services or go down to camps. Nobody knows right. really who these guys are, but. Uh, a three-star guy like that winds up being a four-and-a-half-star type of type of player for him. Yeah, I, I think there's uh, truth to what you're saying there. So what was Wisconsin's big weakness? What has it been? Quarterback play, right? Well, that may that may be ending. Graham Mertz, Blue Valley North High School in Leewood, Kansas, four-star quarterback, big guy, 6'3", 205, signed his letter, 102nd nationally ranked player. All players, and this so. is this is a recruit, a player that Wisconsin fans have been looking at because he he yeah. I believe he committed quite a while ago. They've oh yeah, and he's been on he's been a, on board for quite a while. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Bucky Badger not going anywhere anytime soon. That's well, so that's it. So yeah, uh, w, let's just do a little um, little little uh, recap here. So let's go down in order the the best overall classes. Michigan, number one, Penn State, Ohio State. After that, again, a little bit of a step down to Nebraska, but a great class there. Purdue, Wisconsin. Michigan State comes in at, uh, what is that, at seventh. Minnesota, Iowa, Indiana, the Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois at 13, Maryland at 14. Now, and, and, I, and if I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this perfectly, but... If you were to group those recruiting classes together, okay, one, two, three are in a, a league of their own. Yep, definitely. And then four through about eleven or twelve, you could. It, it, there's not that big of a gap between any of those teams. I think there's probably a little bit of a gap with Nebraska. They're kind of in a land of their own. Okay, they're they've separated themselves from the rest of the West. I would say, but yeah, I would say you start at Purdue. And you go down certainly to Northwestern, but then, I mean, Illinois is sitting there at thirteenth, but they've got the seventh average. I mean, this is a really good class for Illinois too. So yeah, I would put basically probably Rutgers and Maryland at the, at the bottom. The rest I'd group together. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Glad you pointed that out. So if we're going by average star ranking, I just want to do this because Illinois finally looks good. Ohio State one, Penn State two, Michigan, Nebraska. Wisconsin, Michigan State at 6, Illinois 7, Purdue 8, Iowa 9, Indiana is at 10th, Northwestern 11, 
Minnesota, Maryland, Rutgers. Okay. So that's it. Any questions? No, that was good. That was a very good rundown, man. All hey, right. I, I, I want to applaud you right there. Oh, Kurt, thank you. I, I, I just nodded. I, I could have just took off here, I think, a couple <laughs> times and <laughs> went upstairs, maybe got something out of the fridge. Wouldn't have made much of a difference. Well, I can say this is the most fun I've had preparing for any podcast. This was not work. I enjoyed every single second of it. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, I guess a couple other things that we had talked about was uh, something going around on Twitter. Uh, that was kind of interesting was just the somebody released a a sheet, if you yeah. will, of the number of offers given out by some of the teams compared compared. And I think it was pretty much just power five teams that was out there. Um, there was some uh, there was some shade getting thrown around between coaches. Um, so give me the the that what was the number one team and how many um, Tennessee had throughout the most offers four hundred forty offers four hundred and forty offers and then at the very bottom what's the the team so with the, the least dead amount last of... team in P five is Stanford at seventy four offers so they only have seventy four offers so, who's 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 above Stanford who's the next one up there so UCLA is is above them and I read an article just the other day criticizing uh, Chip Kelly for for basically not knowing how to recruit. I mean, just not being active at all. Uh, let's see. Are you looking for Northwestern? Maybe is at 103. So. Well, I see, I, I would think Northwestern and Stanford Obviously, are very unique. They, yeah, they very can, unique. They, they, you have to be you cannot offer. There's not athlete. many guys that you can offer. There you go. So I, that's what I'm saying. They're kind of outliers. But UCLA. Wisconsin, 156. They're way down the list. Okay. They're very selective. And I know Iowa. Iowa, 131. Right. So even, even lower than that. Um and then at and then some of the teams are way at the top. So Nebraska, four hundred thirteen offers. Uh, let's see, Indiana has a bunch, three sixty two. Uh, you go down to Iowa State. We know they throw it around like candy, three thirty three. Rutgers, three hundred five. Minnesota, three hundred three. PJ's kind of known as yep. you know just throw it throw an offer at and anybody. And then Alabama. Alabama was down at. I'm looking for him right now. Alabama's at 285, but they're in the upper echelon. Correct. Which is strange to me. That blew my mind. I, the, I, I figured they would be way at the other end I low because too. they just they just pick the pieces of fruit they want. But maybe there's a strategy there, like you're offering certain high schools that you want to get into and establish a relationship with. I, I don't criticize really anybody for offering a lot. I mean, there's different strategies to recruiting. You know, like you've got – Iowa's is kind of, you know, they don't offer a lot of guys. They kind of have their type. Uh, at Iowa, if you're committed, you can't take visits elsewhere. Not many places do that. I don't it's disagree with It's more of a it. guideline than it is a rule, but that's what, that's what they but want. But my point is everyone has their own little rules. They know how they want to recruit. Like PJ, for instance, he's a high-pressure recruiter, but it works for him, right? Yeah. Um, I, I saw – I'll probably talk out two sides of my mouth here. I should do the the the, the warning. But I, my first gut reaction when I saw the list of of some of the teams that were on there that just have, I mean, once you get up to the three and four hundred uh, offers that are out there, <laughs> How could you even remember who these kids well, are? And that's, I guess, that was my first gut reaction. With that, is how can you how can you look at yourself in the mirror as a coach or a recruiter and say that? You know, you're really getting to know these kids and care about them when you have. I mean, in that instance, you could have, you could have 25 linebackers that you've offered scholarships to and are talking to. Right. And if if a kid sees that, you know, 
I don't I don't know. I just I, that would bug me as a recruit. Like these things weren't weren't around 25 years ago. Kids didn't know that stuff. Now they can get this stuff sure. anywhere. Um, I was recruiting your coordinator, Kelvin Bell. Um, he he threw out some shade. I think it was honestly. I think it was more directed towards PJ Fleck, where he called okay. it a spray and pray <laughs> type of approach. So you know, I, I, to... I do think there is truth in saying that you definitely get to know a kid better when you focus more sure. on him and just a select group of of people. Well, I think Iowa has a pretty high hit rate. If they're really going after a kid that they want, I mean, yeah, okay, with exceptions of five and four stars, but a three-star kid that fits what they want, they don't lose many of those battles, do no, they? No, and they get – if there's five really good guys in state, they, they typically get four sure. of them, you know, and then they just pick around some of the states around them. But So I used to look at the, the multiple offers as reeking of desperation, but the more – I follow recruiting. It's just one style versus another. And that's where I was going to next is I saw somebody, um, I can't remember exactly how he laid it out on a tweet, but he compared it to businesses. You know, certain businesses have, uh, in sales, they have a way they go about it. They're more focused. Some businesses are, we go anywhere. And in the end, if you're profitable and it's working for you and your company, there really is no wrong answer with that. But yeah, I, I just think it is. But it is just astonishing that you can have the same amount of coaches, roughly, the definitely mm-hmm. the same amount of kids that you can offer I mean, yeah. or, or, or sign. You can only sign 25 right. at the most. Um, in this case, you got, you know, you could use Iowa and Minnesota. It's not like they're that far apart, you know, geographically speaking on a map. But the way they go about recruiting yeah. is absolutely night and day. Well, plus – Ference has been at it for years, right? That's part of I it. I mean, he's honed it. He knows exactly what he's doing. PJ's probably still learning a little bit. I uh, I likened it to uh, <laughs> my single days. Okay. Sure, yeah. You're you at know, the bar. Firing on chicks, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. I was more of an Iowa type. I tried to focus in okay. on, on one or two. But, man, I had buddies that would hit on anything yeah. in a skirt until something said until yes. Until someone said yes. And I guess that's just uh, two different approaches. So, hopefully throughout uh, this episode you've gotten the the impression that 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 you think, love recruiting well that i love recruiting but also just that the big 10 the arrow is pointed up for, for sure. this conference for sure there are many teams top to bottom almost that are recruiting better than they have over the last five and ten years there's no so. doubt about it um on the sadder note is that for certain people like gee, i don't know like Braden gall that <laughs> only i mean he just th- essentially when it gets down to which team is better. So we're talking like mid-October. Right. He just goes He'll back go to and recruit. looks at the He'll recruiting He'll go to recruiting rankings. rankings right, and right. just say, well, it's they're just recruiting at such a high level. So I mean, so the point I'm trying to get to is as good as the Big Ten is moving the needle mm-hmm. up, the I think it was something like South Carolina was ranked 7th in the big in the in the SEC. Okay. I'm gonna kinda botch this, but I'll get the general, okay. you know. They're seventh or eighth in the SEC. If their ranking was in the Big Ten, they'd be fourth. Yeah. I don't or know. It even, might even when they might have been like tenth or eleventh in the SEC, but they'd only be behind Ohio State, Michigan, and and uh Penn State. I don't know. I didn't I didn't yeah. do any comparisons. To but SEC, I'm just but... saying like but the the thing I want to point out about this though is is I think you can take a little bit of heat off that fastball by pointing out to people what we already talked about. These recruiting rankings are skewed towards 
players from the South. Yeah, there's, that, there's and, a little bit the, of bias there. There is. Okay. I, yeah. I think there's something to yeah. that. There is something to it. I, I don't think it's egregious, but there is going to be a little bias. So Braden's going to love this. The top four teams nationally are all from the SEC. Alabama's one, Georgia's two, Texas A&M, LSU. Clemson comes in at five as well. Oregon had a huge – this is their best class ever. They're By far, and I think a lot of people would hear that and they would say, but the, those amazing Chip Kelly teams. And he never had top he ten. He never no. had, had good recruiting no. classes. He was just a damn good coach. But the Big Ten finishes with 11 of the top 45 classes. So the 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 uh, the conference is pointing up in terms of talent. And I think another thing that you can point out is when you see the stats that say total number of five and four star uh, uh, recruits signed by conference. Yeah, the Big Ten and the SEC dwarf. They're one and two. The yeah. other, the other. Yeah. Power it's, five conferences. it's shocking how few of those guys go to the Big Twelve. That is the one that Just blows my mind. And to a certain degree. The 12-pack, too, because there's tons of talent in California. But I think, if I recall, SEC had the most 5-4. and four. Big 10 was next. Then it was Pac-12, then ACC. And then Big 12, wasn't it? I, I thought, thought the ACC was fourth. I thought the ACC was... I, I thought the Big 12 was third. And the ACC was fourth, and the Pac-12 was fifth. I thought I remember seeing No, that. I thought... I th- I'm pretty sure the Big 12 was dead last of the five okay. power conferences. Okay. Point being, again... The gap between one to two and especially two to three for the for the conference rankings and recruitings is it's yeah, it's it it's noticeable. Yeah. And then the ACC, pretty much all those the stars are going to Clemson and Florida State. That's it. Florida State actually had a good class. They finished fifteenth. Yeah. Which is hard to believe considering that dumpster fire that they are right and now. And then speaking of Oh, we should the oh, ACC yes, Miami. I mean, you do not have to follow recruiting too hard to show just how god awful Miami was. So Miami had so many decommits that their decommit ranking class of their, 15, the class of 15 of, players. Yeah, their that ranking is higher than their current committed class. Ouch. Yeah. Um I think a interesting thing to talk about quick and then we'll we'll wrap it up, but there is something to be said about a guy being a quote unquote recruiter okay mm-hmm. um different podcasts we'll get into it I, I essentially got recruited by two different teams there was definitely two different styles that went mm-hmm. about it um there so there are guys that could go into any situation okay and they could turn a on a scale of one to ten they could turn a uh, program that typically recruits at a five and get them to a seven you know or yeah. or, or uh, a, a one that dip, typically has a seven get them to a nine that yep. stuff does happen that means it happens on the flip side sure. too, which means there are coaches that just don't recruit well. Right. You have got to start looking at Mark Rick a little bit. Well, like the the good feels that were going through Miami after last year. Right. I tell you what, I, I hate to be all so doom and gloom because I think he's a good guy, but yeesh. Their fans are pissed right now, and the reason I know this is because with the whole Jeff Thomas thing, I knew that was happening, and so I've been following it. Uh, was reading their a little bit of their message boards. Yikes! They hate Mark Richt. Also, the the grammar and, and, and of, my, of Miami oh my fans They're, is they are really horrible. The, by the way, do you follow the Twitter Florida man? Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> just that's just yep. headlines from Florida. Sure. Florida man breaks into <laughs> actual headlines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah it, that. Com- Combined with reading what Miami fans say and do, it, it's not good. And the it's just 
it's not a good fit. Mark Rick is like a yeah. He's he's a he's a he's a good you, man. You, you know? want a he's, flashy he's a, guy down there, don't you? He doesn't. It's not. It's not a fit. It's not working I'm, out. I am not. I am thinking this is not going to work much. I was really I, I encouraged what, last year. Right? I think kind of what happened a little bit was a good coach came in and he had talent on that right. team last year. Yeah. And, he, and they popped him up, but. I don't know if it starts going back the other way. Well, look, one of his his best players on the current team gone. Gonzo, Jeff Thomas. Yep. Welcome to Champagne. And then another one. Well, then we we'll done. But they lost a their quarterback to Mac Brown into North Carolina. Correct? Wasn't that? Or it was either Florida State or Miami that Mac I Brown think swooped in. That was the Miami kid. I'm yeah, I believe was, so. Yeah. And then they had a current quarterback try to leave, but I guess Rick talked him into staying. It, things are not going well down there. No, doesn't yeah. look good. All right, we should probably wrap up, man. All right, hey, uh, that was the recruiting podcast. So hopefully your that team, was the Kurt that was the Kurt cast. Hopefully your team makes it to Zaywataneo. <laughs> I wish you the best in your journey. Hopefully you crawl through that sewer, emerge in the rain, hold your hands up. It's always there. And All you're, right, and you're sanding your overturned boat on the beach in Zaywataneo. Always look behind the rock that has no earthly business being in a field. Like That's right. That. Okay. <laughs> With that being said, I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek. Joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. And this has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.